terrors of tripping on pump. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! This tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. What's up, everybody? It's Sunday, October 28th, 2012, episode number 130 of the Hotbox. My name is Matt, and with me this evening, uh, Ian is still in Belize. And uh, being, I, I can kind of understand being that far removed from the mainland here, uh, you kind of switch around what is important and what you really care about. And sometimes the troubles of first world America and their piss poor drug policy just uh, they don't concern you anymore so i completely understand that but the show must go on so in ian's place this evening we have someone who deeply deeply cares about medical cannabis about the whole scene uh, here in montana and colorado this lady is globetrotty worldwide from let's connect usa from montana connect heidi hanford heidi how are you doing Oh, I am doing great, Matt. I am in Butte, America. I'm Butte. Yay! So. Hey, thank you so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. How's Butte, Montana, treating you? Well, so far I just got here, and I'll be hanging out, running my show live from here tomorrow. So I'll be able to answer that better. I'm not going to say, but uh, so far so good. Uh, they they got me holed up in a place where it's quiet, and I can not be interrupted, and help bring you excellent news of the nation from Hotbox Podcast. Good stuff. So you guys can be watching us, and we got a chat room here, hotboxpodcast.com slash live, and then make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes, and you'll get the new episodes as soon as they hit the feed. Uh, I guess we should start the show off with what's going on here locally. I know after last episode, we really just kind of had Ian talking about his trip to Belize and everything. We we really didn't really touch on very much medical uh, cannabis news or anything. So let's Let's get the show back on track. I know we have a vote coming up in a couple weeks here. Um, what? How is that looking, Heidi? Is this is this promising? Uh, tell us what what we're trying to do. Well, you know, I don't think we've really had any concise numbers in the newspapers uh, regarding any polling on this issue for quite some time. I'd like to see another poll come out now so it would be fair and we could really have a good judgment. But uh, from my own experience being out on the street since I've been back in state, um, from what I've seen uh, and my communications with people when they stop to ask me about my signs, because I'm a sign waiver, sure. um, they, uh, everybody's mad. You know, they, they, they don't, they're tired. Their voice got taken away and they're really mad about that. And they want to take it back. How mad really though are, voter how, how mad, voter issue. how mad are they, Heidi? Are they mad as hell and they're not going to take it anymore? Or is this just, I'm mad, but I'm not going to leave my house to go do anything about it, but I'll click like on a Facebook page here and there. Is this something motivating people to actually get out and take action this time? Well, I think it's the age group you're dealing with. Um, the right. people that I were talking with, I had people in, in their 70s and, and later stopping in the parking lot. So those people, they're going to be in the ballot box, and that's important to me. Now, uh, your age group and my age group, you know, I think we do have a lot of armchair quarterbacks, and I really hope that people 
really take advantage of their right to vote because that's the only way we affect change in this country and in our great state. Do you see so it, it being it's imperative? Do you see it being negative though that the people exercise their right to vote and it kind of got taken away from them? Not the right to vote, obviously, but what was voted on. Yeah, they totally took away the will of the voter. And Frustrating, they're, they're right? Covering a whole thing with lies. Well, and they turned so, an industry that was doing quite well into a scarce thing. I mean, it's you it, you can't find a dispensary here anymore. It, it's ridiculous, and there was no problems to cause such. There, there was nothing in the ends that justified the means of of what all conspired here. Well, my latest thing that I love to say is, um, you know, when, when prescription medications are diverted, people die. When cannabis is diverted, nobody dies. No. So I really hope that we can bring that out to the voters so that they understand that, so that when the whole argument about our children comes up, they need to approach the prescription pill problem, not cannabis in this issue. Well, and Heidi, cannabis isn't going to kill our kids. Do they understand how massive of an epidemic the prescription pill problem is? Because it seems like if anything was to be focused on in drug policy, it would be that. Because there's zombies running around these streets. I don't know if you've noticed. But, but that, we... key words are, it's, it's legal. That's the key. It's, it's legal. So as long as they have that little legal wiggle, they're going to wiggle, and they just didn't wiggle here. It was a landslide. So you now, label you know, it? One, you, you just label it? Wanna, you just label it here. with a thing that says it's legal, and then there, there's actual legitimate real-world problems from this, quote, legal drug, whereas the Schedule One substance, also known as cannabis, there is no... The only problem is the problem of the law. And that's not right. Yeah, cannabis doesn't kill people. Bad laws kill people. Exactly. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. I mean, it's anything anything like that. I don't see them focusing on anything near as much as the medical cannabis thing, though. Uh, no, and they really like to go on the attack um, socially. They, uh, I really, uh, another thing I've really talked to people about and I get a lot of agreement on is medical cannabis really now truly is the new day, if you think about it. Right. Uh, we go through the exact same uh, social ostracism. You have to come out to your family. You have to come out to your friends, maybe your employer. And there's all the issues that come with it that terrify patients at times. But you know, you know the so, big difference um, is in the Bible, it doesn't say you should kill people that smoke pot necessarily as much as it's not very kind to the gays, you know? Well, yeah, and all, all of the above. You know, they've always used the Bible to beat up on people. Right, the Bible or kids. People, it's so. one of the two, right? Children or the Bible. Right. Which can we just make legislation based on rational, logical reasoning and leave religion, separate church and state, maybe leave the children uh, out of it? Well, you know, one would hope. But, you know, <laughs> one would. Back at Montana's 62nd session, you know, a lot of people, I like to refresh Montana's memories, that in, in Montana, historically, we had never had more than 19 vetoes ever. And uh, in the 62nd session, do you remember how many we had, Matt? One or two? No. How 70, 79. Right. Yeah, 79 there... vetoes. I mean, I don't think any state... We, we have been so horribly embarrassed 
throughout the last session. And then now to have Rick Hill come out and get the largest camp- campaign contribution of anybody ever, probably in the freaking world, wow. by taking a half a million dollar donation. Um, I, I, I'm horribly ashamed of the behavior of the state of Montana and our politicians and what they're doing. I agree with you. I, I Do mean, you remember, Heidi, back when this first started before that legislative session, we were leading the country almost in... Right. What we were doing and we were proud of it and everything was going so well. And then you had Chris and MCN and a few mess ups, which, hey, which industry doesn't? I mean, come on. How long did right. it take Help Ford? Regulate it. Don't beat it up. Right. Help how long? It. How long did it take Ford to figure out how to make a vehicle that didn't blow up? You know, I mean, they didn't ban cars back in the day. They they regulated it, but we're not. And they, and they made it better. Yeah, exactly. But the government's got some crazy beef about medical can about cannabis in general. Let's not even say medical. They they have a massive problem with cannabis and that is a massive problem for a lot of us cuz it's silly. It's not well, based and that's in reason. Where I really think we need to have a problem with our federal government again. Exactly. Really the people are supposed to rule the government, not the government rule the, the people. The government should be afraid. Right now. They should be afraid of us, not the other way around. Exactly. And so let's let's discuss uh, this. This uh, just came out in the news a few days ago about Christopher Williams. Uh, you you know about this uh, this thing here? I don't want to call it. It's not a lawsuit. Oh. It's uh, no, it's a rally. I've been working very closely with Carrie Boyder on the whole Chris Williams issue. Um, I'm very very proud of Chris Williams and proud to say that I have, I know him and that I'm trying to help him. I'll tell you, what a man to stand up for what he thinks is right. And he's fighting all the way. Right. And, that's and this, why I'm not going to give up on him and I'm going to fight. This is Chris more. Chris Williams is uh, a man who was convicted in Helena, Montana of federal charges um, for growing cannabis in Helena, Montana. Now, if anybody out there saw the movie Code of the West, they'll see that he was in that movie and he had law enforcement in the law, in, in the same greenhouse as well as with Tom Bear in the movie and all of that. And um, they invited law enforcement in. They were trying to set a standard and, and be, uh, be what it should be, you know, be the best they could be to get the best medicine to patients. Exactly. And, and show that open door policy and show people that, look, this isn't the shady, dark underground seeds of of a black market mentality. This is a legitimate doors open from eight to five or whatever. This is legitimate oh, yeah. business. And, and here. They had a huge story in the Helen Independent Record where they talked about how they did the delivery and they were in touch with law enforcement and, and you know, open door policy. As a matter of fact, in the Helen Independent Record story, there was a hint. That law enforcement had even told Chris he should have a gun on site. So when all these guys went down and got tried, there were four people left from Montana cannabis who were tried from the raid that was held on March 11th of 2011. Now, many of you may know or may not know that raid occurred on the morning of March 14th at the very same time that our Senate was being presented yep. to appeal. I remember so. that, right? And then, so this is more specifically focusing on the plea deals uh, it says, in an unorthodox move, uh, U.S. Attorney Michael Cotter is offering to dismiss six of the eight marijuana charges that a jury convicted Christopher Williams of on September 27th, but Christopher Williams is refusing to take the deal. This uh-huh. says, due to mandatory minimum sentencing on four of the charges, which involved having a gun, like you mentioned, uh, during the commission of a drug crime, which is, like, really 
Uh, Williams right, is, right. He's facing between 82 and 85 years in prison, yep. which is yep. appalling. People should be. How did they find a jury to that would stand behind well, this? Well, like, the is way a, they found a jury is because they cannot say anything about medical. Uh-huh. Nothing. Interesting. None of it. So they can't show that the books that they presented from the largest accounting firm in Montana and they kept their books with and paid the taxes with, they can't show that as a business. They Which can is ridiculous. They evidence against them to hamstring them all in their, in their business. So Heidi... To show it's a conspiracy to deal drugs. Heidi, how is that not entrapment? By the the government. Well, I mean, that's that's why we have to raise the things that we are raising, and that's why I'm so behind us, and why we're raising the things that we're raising. Because exactly what happened here to Chris Williams is the landmark case for the nation that I believe is going to help overturn things. We need to bring it so much attention and really have a think. We have a sign-on petition out there. I really would like to get everybody to go to and um, sign on for that. Uh, one simple way anybody can ever go find a petition is to go to Google, and you can simply Google free Chris Williams sign-on petition, okay? And that should pull it right up. We'll test it and try the link, but if not, you know, be sure and send me an email at letsconnectusa at gmail.com, and I will be sure and get that to you. But this is a national issue, and we are really trying to be sure that we get as many national signatures as we can. I mean, we have how many millions of people out there in America who utilize or use cannabis in one form or another, medical space or not. This is truly about that. And and we have to fight for his freedom, too, so that we can all gain our freedom because what has happened to him is complete crime. Yeah, war crime. I mean, this is this is epically appalling. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, it says in a letter sent to Anthony Gallagher, the chief federal defender, on October 11th, Cotter says that he's willing to drop one count of manufacturing marijuana, two counts of possession with intent to distribute the drug, and three counts of possession of a firearm during a drug trafficking offense. If Williams will agree to waive his right to appeal the conviction and upcoming sentencing. And this will expire on Halloween. Now, I don't know what's more spooky about this, the the entrapment side or the fact that they're like, hey, we'll knock off most of these charges since, you know, they're bullshit anyways if you waive your right to appeal the conviction and sentencing. Are, are you kidding me? No, no way. And that's what he said. He said no, basically. Yeah, that's what he said. And I mean, what a brave guy. Uh, he's sitting in the exact same prison where his business partner, Richard Floor, was until he was moved. Now, many of you may not know what happened to Richard Floor, but he was sentenced before Chris was, and he was sentenced to five years in federal Is prison. Is that the his gentleman that two, died? And his son got five years. And Richard Floor died yeah. August 26th in Nevada. Yep, I remember that. In a Las Vegas facility on being transported to a medical facility after he had already been incarcerated for almost a complete year in under federal care with no health care. He had broken bones and they gave him ibuprofen. So is this, is this who are sitting there with in jail with Chris Williams, who are still there in Shelby correctional facility. That's exactly where Chris Williams is sitting now before where his partner was before he died. Those same people 
part of who Chris Williams is with. So we have and, more death attributed to the way the government is handling people in regards to this cannabis issue than we do the cannabis issue in and of itself. Oh, oh, what they did to Richard Floyd was a crime, not only on his medical issues, but emotionally and mentally as well. Murder? His daughter, Kristen. No. Manslaughter? I, I can't say that, but what I will tell you is when they got him in there, you know, he's a fragile old man. He had some mental problems going on and, and Alzheimer's was coming up on him and they told him what a bad evil man he was for being a dope dealer. Wow. And guys. he had that drummed into his head wow. before he died and he died with goddamn chains on his ankles. Yeah, that's disgusting, and Heidi. That's completely unacceptable. I cried when I heard the story. That's unacceptable. And people need to know that this is what's going on and we need to help. Just because they go to prison doesn't mean they go away. Right. And and we respect our veterans. Well, I respect this. Chris Williams, Richard Floyd, those guys, they're my veterans as far as I'm concerned. Robin Prosser, Scott Day, uh, all of those guys we lost in this fight for our right to have medicine in Montana. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. We need to respect them and fight on their behalf and all the people who are out there right now who can't. Yep, they need the voice. Uh, Chris yeah, says, and so that's where we're at, you know, and I don't know what everybody does with their energy, but I got to be out there jumping around and that's what I'm doing. So, um, I, I now you want to tell them what you know about the rallies and I can fill in stuff, but, um, we're definitely going to be rallying on November 1st and 2nd. It'll be both political and free Chris Williams and, and just fighting for our right to have the case medicine in Montana. And I really hope that we get as many people as we can. Uh, on November 1st at the Federal Courthouse in Great Falls from 9 a.m. to 1. And then we'll all go have lunch after that. And there's and a, face- there's a so Facebook ahead, event Matt. for that, right? There's a Facebook event there on the on the site, so we'll put a link to it in the yeah. show notes here. Uh, and then to wrap this up, Chris basically says, I've decided to fight the federal government because for me, not defending the things that I know are right is dishonorable. Every citizen has a responsibility to fight for what is right even if it seems like the struggle is lost. It is the power of the people to control this government that is supposed to protect us. If we shun this struggle, this government will control us instead of protecting us. And that's kind of what... anybody sit still after hearing that man's words? I know. And that's what we're starting to see. I mean, we've been seeing it for, for how many years now? It's, it's yeah, but ridiculous. I mean, after hearing that and reading that, that Chris wrote in the paper and hearing his words and seeing his letters, I can't not fight. Tie that into all the sick people that I know across Montana who are without access and scared to death for their lives. Um, I can't not fight, and I can't understand anybody else who can't. Yeah, if if this is if this is any kind of part of your life, I mean, you have to. How how can you not? This this is this is terrible. Well, you know, apathy, they say, you know, the apathetic man is the one who's ruled by tyranny. Right. So uh, we have to look at that and really pick it up by the bootstraps, people. We're Montana. Do we behave that way? No, we stand up and we go fight. We shake your fist in their face and say, hey, this isn't right. Yep, exactly. It. We got to talk about it, you know, and and let people know. And until we really have a voice, which in Montana, we don't have a voice. The media is not being good to us. Um, the politicians are not stepping out speaking the way that they should be because everybody's scared. It's all fear. 
And that's exactly what the government had in mind when they started these raids. They were there to strike fear and to disrupt business and to just generally be a thorn in the side of otherwise good, hardworking American citizens. And that's completely ridiculous. Right. Well, you know, there's one way we can change that, Matt, and that's by voting. I don't know if you saw on my wall, but I went through my ballot and I actually posted on my Facebook wall who I was voting for. Now, the only one that I have not made a decision on yet is my county commissioner because um, I want to talk to them both personally. Uh, when you get into a little rural town like Lincoln, Montana, where I live, of 900 people, um, it's very important that somebody who may be 60 miles away from you in such a huge county understands exactly what the hell is going on out there. Right. So um, I'm going to have serious questions for them. But when I look back on my ballot, I, I was kind of surprised at some of my decisions, but I stand by my conviction. I investigated um, my my people. There are people I wish I could vote for, um, and I can't because they're not in my district. I just think they're very strong candidates. And, and I really encourage people. I put out a blog posting today on mtconnect.me with a lot of voter information on it. It's all there. If you need to know how to vote or anything like that, it's all there. And then there's a Google search where you can go to every voter guide in the state. So if you want to handle cannabis issues or energy or conservation or women's issues, uh, the voter guide listing is all pulled up there in a link that I put on my uh, website. And that's, that's really important because if you're voting based on what you see on television, that kind of thing, you're probably ill-informed. What you need, exactly. (laughs) That's key. If you can just live life and not have television and just download what you want to watch. Anyway, uh, it's really important to have that. And off a toke of the town here, there's an interesting site. Uh, it's a new tool that enables patients, advocates to make informed choices by reviewing voting records of elected officials. Uh, and this is put out by the medical marijuana advocacy group Americans for Safe Access. Uh, they launched what? it on Thursday. The site is called votemedicalmarijuana.org. Uh, It provides patients and their supporters with the tools they need to make informed decisions about the candidates in their districts. Uh, The new website will give visitors a pass-fail grade for how their member of Congress has voted on medical marijuana since 1997. Uh, For example, the website details 72% of Democrats and 29% of Republicans who voted in favor of defunding the Drug Enforcement Administration your friends and mine, the DEA, uh, raids (laughs) when they were doing raids uh, in medical marijuana states this past May. Quote, given that our elected officials decide whether and how to develop medical marijuana policy that affects millions of patients in the U.S., it's important for them to have the tools necessary to make decisions that will impact their future. This is Steph Shearer, executive director of ASA. Uh, She says, quote, the choices made by patients and their supporters at the ballot box should take into consideration the candidate's record on medical marijuana. And that that should go without saying. I mean, if if you're what what did we call that? There was a a name for it, a a single issue voter. I I forget what the term was. You need to really if this if you care about this in any capacity, you need to know how these people have been in the past because if they weren't well, kind and, and don't vote for them if, even if they just want to vote about cannabis they can just vote about one thing but get out and do it 
Exactly. Ultimately, advocates say that it's Congress that funds the aggressive federal enforcement campaigns against state law-abiding medical cannabis facilities, and it's Congress that has the power to grant patients a, quote, medical necessity defense in federal criminal trials, a right they are not currently afforded. VoteMedicalMarijuana.org also identifies key champions of medical marijuana with an honor roll distinction reserved for co-sponsors of important legislation that protects state medical marijuana laws or seeks to develop a comprehensive federal policy. So, Oh, I bet I could name a couple people on there. Well, and it says here, initiative referendum number 124 in Montana would approve extremely restrictive amendments to that state's medical marijuana law, which was passed by 62% of the voters in 04. And it goes through Massachusetts, Arkansas. I mean, th- this is just from Togo the Town. But if you go to the site, it's, I think this will be a very helpful tool uh, in deciding who to and who not to vote for. Yeah, well, I'm kicking myself. I didn't get that in my blog post. And I'll be sure to add that before the end of the night to my mcconnect.me voter guide thing that I have going on. Yep. In that one, I had um, all of the voter information. and People can go check their voting status. One thing a lot of people think is, hey, you know what? I registered last summer. Did you move? <laughs> oh, yeah. If you move, <laughs> you need to, you need to re-register. Right. <laughs> So, uh, and so if you go to the site here, votemedicalmarijuana.org, you're shown a map, and then you just click on your state. Let's say here's Montana, for example. Uh, right at the top of the page, vote no on IR-124. And it says no incumbent Montana at large, no grade. So I would say <laughs> fail. <laughs> we we were passing for a while, but now I'm going to have to yeah. say fail. Complete hey, Matt, what's fail. that link again for people? Say it's it again. org, And I'll throw this in Very the chat good. for anybody in the chat watching. And we'll put a link to it in the show notes, of course, at hotboxpodcast.com. So uh, let's talk about this Judge Reynolds and the temporary restraining order here, kind of continuing with uh, Montana. Uh, this is awesome. Yeah, well, hey, Matt, do, uh, do people really understand what is going on? with that and why we're even where we're at do people get that do I th- they know i like to think that they do but maybe just in case i i, I don't know i i assume they do but this well it's never a good idea to assume things why don't we just do a brief run through and, you always make an ass um, out of you and me when we assume right all right well so give there us are five enjoyments that were listed um, with the restraining order that was initially issued in July of last year, which was 2011. As soon as SB 423 was put into effect on July 1st, the MPCIA got their lawsuit moved to effect with uh, Jim Getz, the attorney, and filed it. And Judge Jim Reynolds is the judge who was put on the case. And he had put five enjoyments in place to stop because he felt they were completely unconstitutional. Now, those were put into place and they were recently removed, and here's why. What had happened was the higher court where it was sent to, because Steve Bullock had pushed the issue and sent it to the next court, which was the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court came back and said that Judge Reynolds in his district court should not have used the extreme scrutiny that he'd used. So it was a scrutiny issue. So when this latest thing happened where we had the law suspended and had to get another restraining order, what they did was force Reynolds to use a relaxed scrutiny on the case, which is what got us the temporary restraining order again. So that is why it is so huge. Our next court date on that is November 13th. We need to relieve Judge Reynolds of his duties. 
we need to get out there with our signs and get people to vote against SB 423 and vote against IR 124. If anybody's confused by the language, vote against it. Just against. No. No, you don't like what's going on? No. Against nope. equals no. Nope, 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 nope. Now, do you want to kind of uh, give everyone an update on if this, if everybody gets out like they should and votes no, what will happen? What is What will take okay. place at that point? If people sit on their ass and we don't get this done, we will remain under the lawsuit. We're going to do the worst-case scenario first, okay? And then what's going to happen is we go to court on November 13th. And depending upon what happens there with Judge Reynolds and what's drawn out and how they draw it out, we could very well lose all of our enjoyment. So the, the whole, all the public out there is hold on. what we're operating under now is the actual law when it's not. So are you saying things could go back to 161 repeal, like full-on repeal? Basically repeal. If we lose wow. this lawsuit... I'm serious. If we lose the lawsuit and we do not get IR-124 failed on the ballot, if, it, if people don't vote against it, then we have to continue on with the lawsuit, and we could very well be completely repealed, and the DPHHS will have to send out the 5,500 letters, and there will be virtually no caregivers, and we will only have doctors that can do 24 referrals. So tell me how cancer patients are going to get treated. We have a lot more than 24 cancer patients per doctor. Because no doctor in their right mind is going to do the 25th referral, call the medical board on themselves, and pay for their own investigation. It doesn't matter. Right. And then it's just think, happen. though, all those people are going to go back to pain medication, pain pills, stuff like that. And that epidemic is going to get even more out of control. Right. So that's the worst case scenario. Now, if everybody gets off their dust and we get out there and we really go and rock this vote, rally and change this and get people to vote against it, we still have lots of time. And 25% undivided voters, undecided voters in the last polls I saw. Um, if we get out there, then what happens is on November 7th, we're immediately back to our original law that was voted in on uh, in 2004. So, hold on. Which means so, that probationers we... are allowed to use cannabis again. It means that we're able to operate under the original law that we had. So we went all this way and spent all this money and time and resources to get right back to where we started? Pretty much. Oh, um, my if goodness. It fails, you, you know, and I, I mean, I have people that going, oh, they have to have, we got to go shake hands, and that's how you get this done. Because they don't like my way, which, you know, that may work for them. That's great, but don't discourage others is all I have to say. But then I see these same people being armchair quarterbacks on the computer for 20 hours a day. Why are you getting out and talking to people? That's your method, but you're not even practicing it. So, you know, what I have to say to people out there is, if you don't like the way somebody's doing something, don't beat them up. Don't discourage others. Other people need this. Um, there are people out there who desperately need something to do, and they've been begging for something to do, and they want to know how to do it and what to do it, and they don't want to do it alone. So help them out. Let's pay it forward and get everybody out there. And it's so much fun when we get everybody together. That's what I don't get. Why don't people want to get together? It's fun. You people don't like everybody. leaving their house anymore. You know, people are, people have gotten weird. <laughs> I, I don't know. But this is important. This is way important. And people should get out and rock the vote, so to speak. That's what I call it, rock the vote. And I'm driving my van all over the state as far as I can get on what gas money I got. And 
I'm going to do what I can because I never say die. I had my backbone inserted regarding cannabis very firmly about three years ago, and I think that man this morning, and I carry on with my job. You want to give us, you've been kind of uh, roaming the country and seeing Irv uh, Rosenfeld every now and then. We mention his book here and there, My Medicine. Uh, that guy is great. Do you have any updates on what's what's going on with him or what, what you guys are doing? Any projects or oh, anything? Oh, yeah. Well, um, I guess you haven't seen the news, Matt. Uh, Irvin and I are a couple, so that's been a definite wonderful blessing in my life. Well, congratulations. I, I did not know that. Congratulations, Heidi. Oh, well, you have to look on Facebook. you got a great picture out there, and it's all public and everything, so... It's really nice to have that out, and I have to tell everybody, I just adore the man. He has worked so hard for everything that we do, and Absolutely. I've learned so much. He was a pioneer, him. you know? I mean, reading that book changed a lot of how I thought about everything, just knowing, like, how much pushback the government gave even back then. I was just like, wow. And this guy was at the yeah. forefront just doing his thing it, it was a really refreshing motivating inspirational story to read and it's mymedicinethebook.com if you guys are curious uh excellent read even if you know you don't care about any of that it's a good book like it's an entertaining story so check it out yeah well he's an entertaining guy he's always kicking the pants you know Eric couldn't have done it without bob randall and bob randall is my personal hero um a couple months ago in september i was blessed to go to michigan to uh testify in their state house or not we didn't testify the state house there were lobbyists and politicians they were trying to take glaucoma away as a condition so they flew Irv and i up there um and we went and lobbied and then we also were attending the grand opening of the robert c randall memorial wellness center oh excellent and i got to meet my personal hero alice o'leary oh that is cool now, alice is uh bob's wife and we lost right bob in 2001 so to meet Alice was huge for me. That's so cool. Because if anybody, yeah, thank you. And if anybody knows the story about it, Alice is so much in the seventies with a fax machine and a typewriter. Oh wow! Uh, she, she's I can't believe what she did. And if anybody ever goes and reads Bob's story, it's called Medical RX, the Marijuana Guide for Patients, the Patient's Guide to Medical Marijuana. And um, what they did in the seventies with normal, um, they, they were on the board of normal. When yeah. That began. was epic. That, that whole thing was just 40 years ago. Wow. So, um, and it's, her was huge. It's interesting, Heidi, really Heidi, it's interesting to see the, the difference in technology from what they accomplished back then with the resources and the technology that they had compared to what, we're, what we're trying to do now with the technology that we have. And it's, it, it is. It's totally mind-blowing to see how much oh. they got done and how much of a positive force in the world they were without having and we access. And Yeah, yeah. At one point in time, they worked so hard. We had actually 22 medical marijuana states in this nation. Yep. Okay, we did. They worked and they fought hard with patients all across this nation, just like Irv and I are doing, to get medical cannabis states. And we had them. Um, and, and what happened was the government came up with what, what, what is it, uh, uh, the M-pill, you know, Marinol? Marinol and, and so Sativex. The Marinol basis, but, oh, no, you got Marinol now. You don't need to be a medical marijuana. Which was garbage. If you remember, Marinol was complete and utter garbage, overpriced garbage because it was just and it still kills people it was it just one cannabinoid on it was it was just one it wasn't even the right one i mean come on right this is ridiculous 
But I just kind of think like it makes me wonder what they could have accomplished given the technology and the tools that we have today. And it almost seems like are we are we not fully utilizing the tools that we have because of of what we're getting done and what they got done? Like I know it's different times and everything, but you look at that and you feel like, man, we're kind of lagging behind. They brought whole new meaning to the term grassroots. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's where it came from, if you ask me. It's... Are you watching? So, t- yeah, they were pretty dynamite. So uh, to kind of wrap this uh, up here, uh, District Court Judge Reynolds, this is from MTCIA.org. He issued a temporary restraining order late today. This was on October 26th. Uh, as requested by the MTCIA through Jim Goats, the attorney, uh, the provisions of SB 423, which limit providers to no more than three patients and prohibit patients from providing anything of value to the providers, are now temporarily blocked from enforcement by the state, uh, which is good. This effectively undoes the effect of the Supreme Court's decision earlier this week, which overturned these provisions in the original injunction. As a result, like you said, DPHHS will not provide notice to the state's patients stating they no longer have a provider, and providers are likewise not limited by these provisions in the current Marijuana Act. This is temporary, so keep that in mind, of course, uh, that blocks the full effects of the law until the hearing, like you also mentioned, that will be November 13th. It will be at 9 a.m., in the Lewis and Clark County Courthouse. So if you live there, get there. Amen to that. Show up. I really so. can't stress enough how much we need people to show up for everything. Yeah, yeah, everything. If you're not stuck at a day job all day or if you can get away for for a bit, get there. Definitely get there. Well, and right now, Matt, I think it's important that the people need to take the day off. Seriously. Yeah, if you can you know, afford if they, to. If they can't make one event, make another. On my birthday, I'm spending my whole birthday at the state capitol marching up and down. And uh, I, I can't not. Yeah. I can't not. So uh, I, I know I won't sleep until election night is over. And I know that I have worked as hard as I can to help patients in Montana. So I really hope that people out there will join me in that. Yep. And join us. There's more than just me. There's a lot of us out here who are doing it. So... Yeah, you know, p- pitch um, in any way you can, you know. Right. We've got to. I mean, it's our medicine. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, there who can't speak, who can't get out of their beds and come and do this. And there's other people out so, there who want to completely take it away. So keep that in mind. Right. So in some uh, a little depressing news, this is out of Missoula County from the NBCMontana.com site. It says 5,500 medical marijuana users to lose providers. And so this, I would imagine, let's see. Yeah, this came out two days before that temporary restraining order, right? So is this kind of null or is this potential? Uh, well, it, they stopped now. It really freaked everybody out. And actually, there was another story that came out after that where they were holding up and talking to their attorneys and waiting for the judge. And a lot of people were upset about the judge taking that day to ponder at day, day and a half. And uh, I actually commended him and asked him to make the right decisions. I really didn't feel that. I don't think law enforcement is waiting to to pounce. Right. In some areas, they may be, but you know, I don't think that the law is going to change, and they're going to go, "Aha, let's go get them." Yeah. Change within eighteen hours. And I mean, who are they going to go get at this point? Anyone that had a business, a storefront, is 
not operating anymore like that. So I, oh, I don't, they're still in storefront. How much more damage could they possibly do? You know, it's ridiculous. Why are we? Why are we? Why, why are we utilizing our our scarce police resources for this? I mean, is there really nothing else? You could be doing well, that, and, and I get it's not the where, cops; it's where they get their orders from. But seriously, I mean, you come have on, to follow the money exactly. Got it funded exactly, and so we have to get them to refund the money and and, and refund them in another way to focus their attention. So you know, when marijuana pays, here's something a lot of people may not know about, and this is just a real spur under my saddle because it just really fires me up. In 2010, um, Montana received a check from the DEA Cannabis Eradication Program. Mind you, the only time the DEA calls it cannabis is in their eradication program. Every right. other time it's marijuana. Interesting, right? So the DEA Cannabis Eradication Program is a, a program where, say, the Montana Department of Justice tied in with a federal raid, like what happened in March of 2011 last year. Yep. All of the cannabis that is seized from those operations is sent to NIDA, and NIDA sends a check from the federal government to that law enforcement agency for their seizures, or to that state for their seizures for their year. Right. Now, in 2010, Montana received a check for $52. In 2011, do you have any idea? Guess how much they got a check for? $2 million? <laughs> no, that was Florida. Florida was $1.8 million. Jesus. But it was almost $500,000. Wow, that is quite the increase. Why? Yeah, that's a lot of money. And if he, I, I, well, because they seized a lot of cannabis and turned it into NIDA. That was like our, our local law enforcement got a real boost when they held on that one. It was like, yeah, hey, hey, money for Christmas. Which, look where that money's coming from. Can you sleep okay at night? Because I know a lot of people who can't. So Well, that's how they've been trained, though. That's the problem. Well, well right. And it's where the orders are coming from. And like you said, you follow the money, and it's pretty easy to uh, see. Right. Well, here's the interesting thing that I can't wait to have happen. A lot of people may not know, but on October 16th, um, the Americans for Safe Access case against the DEA was heard in Washington, D.C. by the big, big court judges over there. So we finally had our hearing on rescheduling on October 16th, and we're waiting for that. And they're only going for a two, which, in my opinion, I'm disappointed about. I think they don't know how to really shoot for, you know, you shoot for a five and settle for a four or a three. Right. Don't go for a two. Who taught you how you to know? negotiate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, there's got to be some negotiation back and forth. Going. Have you so, ever been to a pawn anyway. shop? Because that's how we haggle. <laughs> Well, we've got the evidence to support a Schedule 5 or deschedule. Or completely you know, I, I, deschedule. I don't think it should be scheduled, honestly. But. Should it? I mean, come on. Why Why even bother? Have there been any associated right. deaths? Nope. So what's the issue? Well, one thing I learned from law enforcement when I was lobbying on the Hill last year and working on bill writing and working with them on some of that stuff is that the DEA classification is hugely important in Montana because the minute that the feds change their stamp and it reschedules cannabis, the minute they drop it from a one to a two, Montana has to follow within two weeks of that ruling. Right. They have to follow DEA law within two weeks, no matter what. So that's really going to shake the box in Montana. And the thing that I'm really excited about is, you know, we may not get where we want it on the descheduling, but um, we get our research opened up. And once we get the research opened up, uh, that's, 
really going to be a big deal, but I think they're going to open it up anyway. I'm really convinced it's going to get or rescheduled to it too, because Sativex is really planning, and GW Pharmaceuticals is really planning on being in the States by 2013, no later than 2014. So... Well, that'll That's be something question. something good to keep an eye out for, definitely. Well, a lot of people have forgotten over time that about a year and a half ago, um, the federal government issued 55 girl licenses to big pharma across our nation. So there's stuff going on out there that we don't know about, and they're getting ready for it. And the biggest thing I'm worried about is that we're going to wind up with patients, again, not having access to medicine because of how the government tightens it up. If they tighten it up under a schedule, too, how many people can make methamphetamine or cocaine in their house? That's a schedule two drug. Right. Uh, you know, we're going to be in the same position if not worse. And you need to, when you schedule this stuff, you need to look at the company you're scheduling in. Is cannabis anything... Does it have the damaging effects on society or individuals or anything like methamphetamine? I mean, these are still well, better than schedule. How about study their own flipping patients? Right? I mean, it's I mean, better than... I've been receiving meds from the feds for 30 years from November 20th. Yep. 30 years of meds. And how much of that did they study? Hardly any, if any. None. None. They haven't studied any What a waste. They don't want to know. That's such a waste. Uh-huh. It's ridiculous. So, all right. Uh, before we get out of here, I, I got a few more stories I wanted to, to talk to you about. Oh, yeah. This... I want to bring up the cowgirl one, too. Well, first, let's talk about this out of Hamilton, uh, Ravalli County. This is the sheriff here <laughs> who is urging <laughs> votes for tighter medical marijuana laws. Sir, any tighter and there will be no medical marijuana. What are you trying to accomplish? This is Chris he Hoffman. retirement. Then leave. That from then leave. Why are you ruining shit on your way out? The thing we have to focus on there, especially with the sheriff's deputy, is their oath of office. Right. Now, I know his local boys there are all over him, and he's going to get in big trouble for using county letterhead for what he did. So um, rest assured on that. I know the people are after him on that because they were not pleased about it. Uh, there's a lot of people in that Hamilton Valley that thought he was kind of a decent guy until this came out. So, so basically, I, I all, over him about that. all of these media outlets, they got a letter from Ravalli County Sheriff Chris Hoffman. This was Thursday morning. The letter, which was, like you said, drafted on county letterhead, sent from a county email address, shares his personal opinion on the medical marijuana initiative on the upcoming ballot. In it, he urges people... He urges them. He is on bended knee begging people to vote for the initiative, which is a vote for tougher restrictions. This is the one that you should all be voting no on. Uh, Hoffman tells NBC Montana via phone that he believes this is a public safety issue. It's not political. It's public safety. How is that? What? One thing you need to recall, too, is back in session, we had the city police chief from Missoula, Mark Muir, there testifying and actually lying on, on camera on the legislative uh, session film in his police attire testifying when he was supposed to be on his own time. Lying under penalty of perjury of the law, even. But the law well, doesn't affect you. that, but they don't make anybody testify to the truth when they testify at session. Of so course not. Because 
<laughs> I mean, how would that look if we start all telling the truth? God forbid. Uh, so Hoffman says that he would not be surprised if other law enforcement officials came out in favor of SB 423. Uh, <laughs> come on out of the closet, guys. It's okay. Uh, right. So then, then uh, in February, uh, Public Service Commissioner Brad Molnar of Yellowstone County, he was found in violation, Montana Code 2-2-121, uh, Part A, specifically improperly using state email privileges for political purposes. According to Montana's Commissioner of Political Practices Office, this is the same code that should apply, or that could apply, in Sheriff Hoffman's case. So... Would yeah, you, well, you know, uh, Sheriff Hoffman kind is of a no no official, so I hope the Hamilton people keep that in mind. Yep. And I would say by the statements he is making, he is not up for re-election this session. So be sure to get him next year. Either straighten him up or vote him out. But and hold up his oath of office and remind him of that. It's very important. You know, and, and speaking of political hijinks, Matt, I just really don't want to get away from the show tonight without talking about this one. Oh, please. I, I want to go to the Montana Cowgirl blog because this one is an eye popper. Okay. And it, it really freaks me out. So if nobody's heard it or read I'll read it out. I'll read it here and then we'll talk about it. But it's the Montana Cowgirl blog. You can look it up that way. She's been out for a long time. She, she's on it too. It's, uh, MT, it's mtcowgirl.com. And this one is uh, called A Constitutional Crisis in the Making. Governor Essman? Hmm? So. Oh boy. <laughs> So on Friday, the governor jumped into Rick Hill into the Rick Hill fundraising hoot, Manny. Schweitzer held a press conference in Great Falls in which he expressed grave fear that Hill's refusal to hand over his ill-gotten $500,000 donation could trigger a succession of power crisis in Montana if Hill were to get elected. Why? The penalty for a major violation of Montana election law is mandatory removal from office. The scuff law Hill is now under is a restraining order from a state judge not to spend the painted loot, and she will make a final ruling on the issue on Monday, which is tomorrow. Right. If she rules against Hill, then Schweitzer's nightmare scenario is much alive. The Montana Code says that a candidate must be removed from office for breaking election law. Okay, so hey, let me, Heidi, let so, me... So that means... Let me, let me read this uh, here, since the your, your mic's kind of iffy, but... um. It says the the GOP's response was to point out that Bullock, too, has incurred an infraction of campaign law, but it appears that dog don't hunt because the GOP is pointing to a small violation, a few checks that were signed incorrectly, trivial or minor violations, the type that every campaign commits incidentally in the course of doing business, do not subject an office holder to the ultimate penalty. She says, true, I expect Bullock to beat Hill by more than a few thousand votes, so Schweitzer's doomsday scenario will probably be mooted on election day. Uh, Schweitzer's theory is an interesting one, especially if you play it out. In the unlikely event of a Hill victory, Hill and his lieutenant, Jean Sanju, would both be removed from office and maybe go the pokey too. Hmm? For having taken too big a donation, $500,000, when the Lawa laws only $22,000. According... <laughs> Whoops! Whoops! According to Montana law, in the event of a double vacancy, the Senate president ascends to governor and appoints a big ol' smelly number two. The 2013 Senate president, 
does not exist yet. But here's where it gets juicy. Are you ready? The betting now is that the Senate president might be none other than your favorite and my favorite, Jeff Essman, the anti-pot crusader. If Essman, if Essman became governor via this scheme, then he'd have done so by getting only about two dozen votes, those of his fellow senators. It'd be the easiest, cheapest governor's campaign in American history. He might even roll himself a fatty just to celebrate the coup. <laughs> so, Hill is playing with fire. He needs to give back the money, and that right soon. <laughs> oh. Everybody has to like that post. I mean, I mean that's right? priceless. <laughs> that's good stuff. It's an eye popper. That's I don't know about you, but that frightens crap out of me. Yeah, yeah. When in this great state, are you familiar uh, with Jeff Esman's work? I mean, come on. Oh, I'm tired of sleazeball attorney. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, is it? Oh. what do you? That's unbelievable. All right, uh, before we get out of here, another piece from TheExaminer.com. Regulations and access of medical marijuana back on the ballot in Montana. We already kind of touched on this uh, earlier in the show, but it says, according to the Department of Health, Public Health Human Services website in May of 2011, the largest population of medical marijuana cardholders was 18 to 30. Chronic pain was the predominant ailment listed. Uh, and they're saying over the years, the business of marijuana bloomed and there were many storefronts operating as caregivers that had opened in the Billings area. So-called traveling doctors became an issue. Doctors would travel from city to city seeing patients for a fee and then by statistics deem most to benefit from medical marijuana. There are conditions patients have such as glaucoma that seem to be helped with medical marijuana. However, for each story of someone getting uh, someone with a previously diagnosed condition that would benefit, there were also stories of people getting medical marijuana cards for depression or knee pain. <laughs> this, I mean, just the, the, the writer here, uh, Erica Osborne from examiner.com, just kind of grasping at straws for, uh, yeah. for a little, a little content. Got to make that word quota, you know? Uh, she yeah, says House Bill 161 passed through the Montana legislation that basically repealed the 04 Medical Marijuana Act. Uh, on April 13th, 2011, Governor Schweitzer vetoed the measure, citing that it invalidated the wishes of the voter-approved legislation allowing for the legalization of medical marijuana. However, Senate Majority Leader Jeff Essman, dun dun dun, dun his Senate <laughs> Bill. <laughs> His SB 423, which severely limited access to medical marijuana and caregivers, also known as medical marijuana dispensaries. Thank you so That's much, Erica Osborne, for clarifying that. Um, yeah, it, it would completely uh, limit uh, use and access uh, in 20 in. September 25th, 2012, excuse me, Montana Cannabis appealed the decision of the Supreme Court and requests a hearing, uh, and that is what's being waited on. So, And, you know, they, they kill me. They're also worried about child access, and, and they don't even want our children to have access to cannabis if they're carded. These are made-up problems. These are made-up stories. They are nothing more than scare tactics and spin to try to get the people on their side. 
And it's it's crap. Well, and on top You're playing of that, with Matt, people's lives. Matthew? They're playing with people's lives. It's, it's ridiculous. We we have a little boy with a stage four peanut brain tumor right here in the state who they wish to kill with this law. Yeah, a little cashy. Yeah. And that's they want to kill him. That I mean, what is? I hate to say it like that, but what is going to be the end game of that happening? He's not going to. That's gonna f- exactly what it is, though. That's uh, disgusting. I mean, insane. That's disgusting, Heidi. They're not. And and what benefit is coming from that? Is there any benefit at all? No. Well, and, and the thing that kills me is, you know, they always say cannabis use is anecdotal. Not with Cashy. Cashy doesn't know anything about the law. Talk he about, Heidi, about t- it being illegal. talk about anecdotal. What are all the homeopaths in this country doing? I mean, that's that's a bigger scam than this is. I mean, come on. Mom, I don't know if I'd use the word scam. Um, I, I think a lot of the holistic stuff is very good. I'm not saying holistic. Nobody... I'm saying homeopathy. Oh, homeopath. oh, Homeopaths. Okay. And it's a scam. I, here, here, a little anecdotal evidence. I deliver my day job to a gentleman who runs a homeopathy business. And he has a box that has some dials on it inside of this briefcase with a quarter-inch headphone jack, quarter-inch audio cable jack in there. So what he does... People come in, he plugs in this audio cable, they hold on to the other end, and he pretends to turn these dials, and then he sells <laughs> vials of our water to these people at ridiculous prices. And that's a scam. I'm sorry, but that is yeah. a scam. No, you're right. That and is that, a scam. Like, there's so much of that going on, and people are going to those people and they're they're foregoing real medical treatment, and that's going to be really detrimental to their health in the long run. That is an actual effect. We're not seeing any negative effect in reality from medical cannabis. What we're seeing is people like Irvin Rosenfeld and Little Cashy who greatly, greatly benefit. Life-saving. Miracles. I'm not a believer, but miracles, dude. And... They want to completely take that away. That's ridiculous. Oh, I had a video shared on my wall today of a Michigan man. It, the, the woman who shared it was it was her grandpa. Mm. And he was in the death rattle within his throat. And the family, the doctors were telling him he was dying. Go home. Wow. And they told him to put liquid morphine under his tongue every two hours until he passed. Sure. Well, they substituted that liquid morphine with cannabis oil. And that old fart lives another six, seven weeks. Seriously, I couldn't believe the video. They videotaped the whole thing. He smoked his first joint. He was begging for it on April 20th of this year before he passed. Wow. That's that's amazing. Yeah. That That's crazy. But his family got another six weeks with him. Yeah, right? From his deathbed to six more weeks. And quality. And probably, right, I was going to say, probably better weeks than if he would have been doped up on morphine the whole time, right? Like, it was better weeks than the last weeks they had building up to the death rattle here to say goodbye. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's I amazing. mean, he got right out of bed and went to the bathroom and was begging for food. Hey, feed me. I'm starving. Yeah, right? like three days. What do you got to eat in this joint? I mean, come on. So that's, that's so, a crazy story. Um, you bef- know, when I see stuff like that, I... I I don't know how anybody cannot believe that. Yeah, see, and that's what I'm saying. If I saw results like that, verifiable results like that from homeopathy or from any of this other scam, 
I would be more convinced, but I don't. You absolutely don't. The lady, Holda Clark, that wrote the book, The Cure for All Cancers, which I saw in this guy that I was talking about earlier in his shop, died of cancer. Like, come on. They don't have the cures. I mean, this is blatant fraud. Well, and that's why I'm very careful in my advocacy, too. I do not use cure with cannabis. Right. It's not a cure, but it sure helps treat symptoms, right? Cannabis cannabis kills cancer. Exactly. It kills the cancer. It caused apoptosis and leukemia. That was in that song I wrote. They have five years of clean results. I wrote a song, and that's part of it. It says it it kills, kills leukemia cells causes apoptosis boom yep all right before we get out of here since you you did uh, do a little tour over in colorado we have an article here from cbsnews.com about medical marijuana in colorado uh, asking the question will colorado's green rush last what did they I, I don't know what what's what's the state of colorado like is it any better than here or are they worse off yet or what what's going on there no, when I'm in Colorado, I really love Colorado. We've got some great advocates, and the business model is attempting to work. Right. What I really like is that under the regulation, if people are paying attention to this, you'll notice Colorado hasn't had any federal intervention. The worst that's happened is they said, hey, you can't be within 1,000 feet of this, this, or this, or this, or this. Right, and, and fine, moved, okay. And we're giving you 45 days. But we're not getting raided like here. Right. 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 It's it's when I when I speak with Matt Cook, who's the lead regulator there that built a lot that they put into effect, we both agree that this is an implied consent. Right. Because they're not reading them. So that's a huge deal there. And then what's happening there that I just love is the medicine is advancing. And I mean it's advancing so quickly. The vape pens, the oil, the edibles, the As medicals, it should. the dosing, the Heidi, lab. it should it, be like all, we could have been ahead of them and rocking this market. And I'm exactly. So that exactly, Heidi. It could have been like that. It was on its way. And then. Well, we'll get back there, Matt. We've just got to go and fight for it. If we want it back, we got to fight for it. And then, you know, I don't know about you, but I will be on the Hill come January. I'm working with a group of people on a regulation bill, and um, I'm working on getting blessings right now with my partners and my people on this from the people we need it, and then we're going hunting for our Senate in our house. That's good. I'm glad we have people like you that are able to be there when people like me are not. <laughs> it's awesome having knowing that you know there is a voice there and they're well-informed and doing the good work. Thank you, Matt. I've worked really hard over the past two, three years to really get past the learning curve, especially you know with Irv, when you're... <laughs> hanging out with somebody who's been in it for 40 years you got a pretty steep learning curve you better yeah be but that's so. awesome though to have access to somebody like that that you can learn from and that can mentor you like that that's amazing definitely well and it's definitely been a benefit that i can't I, I cherish it oh for sure and i i intend to use it every place that I even when i met so. him it was just it was such a cool experience the few times we've had him on the show and everything like he's just I, I want to just pick his brain because he's such a pool of information and experience. You know, it, it's it's really neat. I, I really enjoy our conversations. Well, you still got a cell phone, don't you? What's that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Not. Yeah, no, I know. I definitely, I should. We should get him on the show next yeah, time. Yeah, we should. Next time we... Yeah, uh, or even just call him up and say hi sometime, Matt. Yeah. You know, he, he likes to visit with people and, you know, he really wants to know how patients are doing and how people are doing and what's going on out there, so... 
Yeah, you know, that's cool. Don't don't be afraid of him. <laughs> no, I just always I feel like when I think about it that like I'm interrupting something because he's always so busy. So I then I don't. I'm like, oh, maybe later, and then I just forget about it. And then next time I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, he's probably busy. And I, I should I'll give him a call. Well, just kick it out and try. I'm gonna he's do busy, that. He won't answer his phone, and he'll get his voice and call you back. Yeah. Well, there you go. So. So this yeah. is uh, in Oregon, in Oregon, Washington, and the Rocky Mountain State, Colorado. It's the legalization of marijuana. Part of this has to do with cash-starved governments looking for new things to tax for more revenue. Uh, but much of it has to do with the growing acceptance, or at least tolerance, for a drug that was once considered the devil's weed and a flashpoint for cultural and <laughs> generational warfare. And I, I, I want to mention. I, I know, right? The <laughs> devil's weed. Writing or what class? <laughs> the devil's weed. <laughs> very, very descriptive. And I, I want to mention the guys from uh, Cannabis Agenda. I got a, one of them got a hold of me the other day. He was cleaning out his uh, storage, and he found a bunch of copies on DVD of the movie Reefer Madness. So he's gonna send them oh. to me. And I thought it would be fun if we sent them out to people that wanted it. If you've never seen it. It is laughable. What I like to do when I watch it is get some friends and get some good weed and get some munchies and watch it. <laughs> I watch it like Mystery Science Theater 3000, and we all just make jokes about it. It is well, so and fun. For anybody else out there, have you seen Reefer Madness, the mu- musical? I've never seen the musical. Oh, you have to look that up. Showtime redid it. Oh, they really? The original one that you, I've seen both of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I'll have to check that out. If you want to see Jesus Christ in a loincloth, you have to watch the musical one. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Great. Well, I think that's going to do it. Heidi, thank you so much for coming back on the show and getting us on track with uh, everything happening in the medical Yeah, hey, Matt. Industry. Do you mind if I plug uh, what I've been doing? So we no, can please. Keep lower for their... Heidi, awesome. what, what have you been doing, Heidi? <laughs> Well, before we get out of here, I know Matt's got to have some camps. Um, I, I've been, you know, the news is very important to me and trying to get that out. And I really think, especially since I've been traveling around, I've learned that the more you know about the news all around you, the better off you are in your world and what you do. And so what we've done is uh, Dana Goldhaber and myself have put together Let's Connect USA. And you can find it at letsconnectusa.com. And we also host it on Blog Talk Radio. So if you go to blogtalkradio.com, you can look for Let's Connect USA. Yeah, you're doing a podcast there, huh? You're doing a podcast over there, aren't you? Yeah, it is um, Internet Radio. We're live from 9 to 11 a.m. Montana time every Monday through Friday. So every day of the week, Monday through Friday, we're doing the news. And then uh, we have at least an hour of news to start, and then we open the mics at the end. Um, We've really committed to... People want the news. So if they don't want to hear us jabbering in the end, well, they, they can cut off. We tell them, hey, okay, we're going to chatter now. And if they want to cut off, we can't. Um, that end, end time isn't safe for advertisers or anything. That's just for us and discussion and debriefing of the news and, and callers because people have a lot of questions. So people can listen live. They can call in on the phone during that time at 646. 646- Seven two one nine nine two nine, and they can just listen. So Matt, when you're out there driving on delivery, if you're bored, you can call in and listen on the show. Yeah, excellent. I'm glad you guys are are filling the gap of all of these. I've been watching a lot of the cannabis podcasts that I listen to are kind of going away and and everything. So it's good that new ones are sprouting up well, and and picking up I where the old ones left is, off. Um, people specialize and they don't. That's why we're just doing the news. 
you know, it, people they want to have interviews, and you run out of people to interview at a well, time. Well, you or, said or you just you do that every day. Every day, Monday through Friday. Yeah. So why don't you, since you do that every day and you do the news, how about once every couple weeks or maybe once a week, we do something here to then analyze the important news. So you have your full spread of everything, and then once a week or every couple weeks. Uh, we really dig deep into some of the the main important stories. If you yeah, want, yeah, that'd be great. And just an idea. Cross promotions on the show too. Yeah, so. that'd be cool. We should. I'd like to yeah. can get the hot box going up again more than you know since Ian's gone and I have a gap that needs filled. If you know what I mean. So yeah, well, and then we could also talk about some. You know, there's some things that are happening nationally that can really affect things in Montana, right, especially the Chris right. Williams case. Yeah, definitely. federal prosecution. So, um, you know, if people stay tuned to that, they can pull some of that out and see what's happening with cases. And God forbid if anybody's under prosecution, they may learn about something in a case that may help their case. So that's why we try and keep a lot of that news out there. That's good. And we read both sides. It's not just our news. It's what the opposition is putting out, too. Well, yeah, and it needs to get out there by unbiased people because there's a lot of spin in there. And I feel like that's a lot of what we do is kind of deconstruct that spin and show you, like, what's really happening. Because more times than not, the story is, is spun in a way to demonize cannabis, and that's not right. Right, and that's why we keep our show open at the end. So if anybody is listening at the time, they can call in and, and ask questions, and you know, or we debrief at the end or if there's something that really gets us. Right. You so know, the, we'll and talk that's about it at the end and stuff. So, and that's over. See, at... There's a lot of people where I got it was in Colorado. They want the news, and they play the news near the dispensaries, or they play music and, and stuff right. like that. So why not play the news? There you go, and that's Help over at over at let'sconnectusa.com. So. Heidi Hanford, thank you. Thank you very much for uh, stepping in and hosting. Thanks for having me, honey. You know I love you. Absolutely. All right. We'll talk to you later. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. An episode of the Hotbox actually focused on medical cannabis. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Hotboxpodcast.com. That's our website. Check it out. Show notes, links to everything we talked about, all that good stuff. Uh, Make sure to interact online in between the shows. I'm always on Facebook and Google Plus mostly. Uh, We have a Twitter, twitter.com slash hotboxpodcast. All the links to all of that are on the site at hotboxpodcast.com. You can leave a message for the show at 406-204-4687. I got some great hip-hop music been working on. Got a new track up over at thejamhole.com slash music. If you're into that sort of thing, check it out. And we do tech shows throughout the week I host over at attackoftheandroids.com, our weekly Android podcast, and yet another tech show.com, our weekly tech podcast. So check it out. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll talk to you Sometime soon. Peace. If you like you like this is where where you need to be. If you like weed, this is where you need to be.